Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today I am joined by somebody that I have known for quite a few years on the spiritual circle locally, uh, Tracy Fance. Hi, Tracy. Welcome. Thanks. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you. So our paths crossed in trance group met what feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, doesn't it? I, and then uh, I came to some wonderful events that you were organising where you were tearing your hair out, trying to get spiritual people to just do what they said they were going to do and, and <laughs> get all your ducks in a row. And now here we are. So if you could please just introduce yourself to everybody and tell them a little bit about what you do. Okay, so... I have quite a few different titles. I don't like to stick to just one. So I've been predominantly known for being a clairvoyant medium and tarot reader for the last 12 years. And I do one-to-one readings. I have done demonstrations like you do. Um, I've organized mind, body, spirit events. I teach people how to read the tarot, do Reiki, do spiritual stuff. And I love the teaching. I think the teaching's more my bag than some of the other stuff. Um, And I'm also doing coaching as well. So I kind of wear a few hats, but basically I am a spiritual person working on a holistic basis. Amazing. Love it. So let's go right back to the beginning, because this is always where I like to start. How did this start for you? How did you end up following this path? (laughs) Well, I've been interested in this ever since I was a kid. Everyone else was reading Janet and John and I was reading about reincarnation and spontaneous combustion um, (laughs) and UFOs and God knows what else. And I was just obsessed. But I grew up in deepest, darkest Norfolk on the east coast of the UK. And there really wasn't a great selection in the library for me to read from. So I soon got through the material that was available. You believe me. Um, And... I just had this fascination with it. I had all these weird experiences that happened before I was the age of five. And I just think I put the lid on it, didn't get it, didn't understand it. My family was all muggles. And I was just like, what the hell is this? And I just thought that they were night terrors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of moved on, but kept the fascination with everything spiritual. Then I got into my teens and I spent the next 10 years going, oh, my God, would it not be so totally cool to be psychic? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same. (laughs) And then I was looking for the box or the bottle of tablets that I could just take the tablet and go, oh, my God, I'm psychic. (laughs) And um, I really don't know what I expected, but it wasn't the reality that I found when I went to a development circle, which is basically what I call a gym for the psychic senses and you go and flex your muscles. Um, So I sat doing that for 10 years with our good friend, Jill Larkin. Um, And Jill doesn't remember saying this, but Jill swore blind that she didn't say it, but she did. She said out of all of her students, she never would have picked me as the one that would have gone on to do anything with it. (laughs) Right. Um, There was a lot of people that go to circles for their own interest, amusement, own purposes. There's no right or wrong. Not everyone's going to be the next Lisa Williams or Tony Stockwell or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd been doing financial services and I hated it, but didn't know what I wanted to do instead. So them upstairs, as I like to call spirit, they went, look, she's not getting it. She's never going to make a change. So we'll just do it for her. So they brought this thing called a recession. And they pulled my business out from under me and left me going, oh, my God, what the heck am I going to do? Yeah. 
So I had this brief period where I just had a meltdown because I didn't have a plan B. Yeah. And then I went to lunch with some friends that I met monthly and they went, well, why don't you just get your tarot cards out? I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not good enough to do that. I don't think so. And they went, I bet by next month when we see you, you've done nothing about this. Well, that's just a red rag to a bull for me because I'm like, well, I've got to prove you wrong, haven't I? Yeah. So I got home and there was a letter on the doorstep from one of these telephone lines that you ring up when you want a reading. Mm-hmm. And I've never rung them. So there was no reason for me to have this post. So I'm like, okay, that's a sign from the universe. Yeah. So I rang up, I got an interview, I got the job and then I got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to get the sack? I just wasn't consistent, which... A, I think was a confidence thing. Yeah. B, when you're in the middle of a reading and someone puts the phone down, it's like, okay. And for me, it was like, oh my God, I'm rubbish. I'm watching my language here. Um, oh, I'm you don't need to worry. Put the phone down on me. You can swear on this podcast. Oh, okay. It's not professional. Um, I'm like, oh my God, I'm shit. Yeah. And so in all likelihood, it was more like the other half had walked in or the boss and it's like, oh, I'm not meant to be on the phone. Better put it down. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to find that out. So I had to go through this massive learning curve. So, of course, you've just had someone put the phone down on you. And the next thing you've got another call coming and it's like, oh, oh, my God, I hope I'm going to do a better job. I hope they don't hate me. That doesn't help your energy at all. So then I taught myself to read the tarot because at that point I hadn't mastered it. And I taught myself in about three weeks flat. Wow. And then I got back on the telephone lines and the rest, as they say, is history. I love this. So I've never actually met anyone that is a bona fide medium who has worked the lines because I was invited to. But for me personally, I find um, cards slightly easier on my energy, but clairvoyant uh, evidential connections, very draining to my energy. And when they were saying, well, we need you to do it, but you've got to do eight hours shifts and you've got to work through the night at least one night a week. I was like, ah. I couldn't physically do that and I can't do one after the other after the other after the other so how that's such a baptism of fire oh god yeah big time wow I've never done readings apart from in circle before that was like in at the deep end sink or swim are you still on the lines or do you (laughs) no good (laughs) I'd be worried for you what I would say is that firstly I thought that people on the telephone lines were charlatans. So I'm really sorry. I apologize. I take that back because it's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these people are in a really bad place. They don't necessarily understand the spiritual stuff at all. So it's a bit like driving a car when you don't know what you're doing. You have never driven a car before and you don't understand even the mechanics of how a car works. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so all they want to do is hear when their boyfriend's coming back, when they're going to get that job that they haven't got off their backside for to even put a CV through the door. And it is very hard. It is very draining. And they think they can just go, right, I want to hear from my gran. And I'm like, well, your gran might not want to talk to you. (laughs) I don't care. I want my gran. And if you don't get it, it's like, down goes the phone. Yeah. So it was very, very hard. But it, it was a huge learning curve and I got a lot from it and one of the ones I do remember because I don't remember readings but there was one person they rang me one day and I gave them whatever I got sod me the next day they rang again and I felt like I'm 
did you not like what I told you yesterday then? You know? And it was like, oh. There are, there's so many things you've touched on here, which is so fascinating because I haven't worked the lines, but there has been experiences very similar to this. So the disempowerment of people where all they really want is to be told a tall, dark stranger is going to come in and fix them. And yeah. that is not how spirit work. It's the relationship with yourself, not yeah. that Prince Charming is going to make you love yourself magically. But also, like you say, that that not allowing the process to take place, not doing the work and then calling back the next day or the day after that again and again in it. It's it's really hard because also when you're repeating yourself, you feel like you're repeating yourself and you don't want yeah. to do it. But the message oh. hasn't changed in a week. No. And I'm not saying that the people on the lines have no ethics because I disagree with that, but they're being told what to do by an employer and they're in that space of fear where they've got to earn money. Yeah. And I had one client and they got this really bizarre connection. Actually, I had two clients like it where they had a really bizarre connection with someone. Now I worked out what they spent with me and I did actually say, look, I'm not prepared to read for you anymore. I can't do it, this isn't right. I feel that you're just addicted and you're spending money and you're not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple of other readers that were also working with this person and we actually all connected. And I know how much they spent with me. So I'm guessing how much they spent with them. And we're talking like 10 grand. Yeah. And they hadn't even told their partner. And they were trying to get their business off the ground, but they were obsessed with this person. Yeah. And I know. And I, it didn't sit right with me. And if you came for a reading this week because your granny's passed away, and then next week you want to come again because you want to hear from your granny, there will come a point where I'm like, look, you need to move on. You need to let go. I can talk to your grandma for you whenever you want, but you can actually talk to her whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Let me help you to do that. Let me tell you how that process works. But I'm not comfortable because I feel like you're using this as a crutch and I'm not prepared to do that. Absolutely. And I also think that no good comes from wanting a reading at two o'clock in the morning like right. I get messages from people all hours they've obviously you know had a drink got a bit sad want to know when and that actually is not a great space to receive a reading no. and so I can only imagine having never done it but I can imagine chat lines of course it's there at a touch of a button and there's something to be said actually for booking and waiting and yeah preparatory energy and that kind of thing mm. so it is uh, brutal sounds brutal and to be honest I was never told I had to work eight hours mm. I could pick the hours that I wanted to log on but obviously there are hours like the evening where it's busier yeah um and I remember that I would have a Monday Mondays were busy Mondays were like the hangover from Sunday where they got drunk and had a row with the partner or they've fallen out with the family at a family function and they want to cry down the phone and get advice mm. and it was really hard because us empaths we're emotional barometers it's bad enough when you've got someone who's upset because they've lost someone they love without the toxicity of he's had an affair with my sister that bitch and it's just like oh my god I can't do this I know I know um, and so what I found was that social media worked for me 
and I started getting private phone readings and stuff. And then I started working face to face, which was actually scary. Doing my first face to face reading where I could see the whites of their eyes was way more scary than doing a phone reading. <laughs> uh, it's funny, isn't it? Because pre-lockdown, I was in person across the board, apart from the odd occasional one. Then lockdown happened and I learned to work online. And actually I found that easier because I think when people come into your space, they bring all their energetic baggage yeah. with them and plunk yeah. it in your space. So it's it's funny what works and what doesn't and what you yeah. end up preferring. So while we're talking about preferences, you and I were chatting before I hit record about uh, different choices with mediumship and you said it in your introduction. So. I used to see you demonstrating ar around this area and doing that and tell everyone, because I think it's such an important thing for people to hear what's happening with that. Okay, so before lockdown, I'd be out three or four nights a week doing demonstrations in pubs and restaurants and everything else. I would be organizing mind body spirit fairs. I would be doing psychic nights where I fetched up with two or three readers and we just did one to one readings for the whole night. And it's literally like back to back. We could do 12, 15 readings in an evening and then we'd go home. And then the next day I'd work all day doing readings and then I'd go out in the evening and do it all again. And then at weekends I would teach because I teach all sorts of things around the spiritual stuff. And it was just full on it was relentless mm -hmm. and it was exhausting and I will be honest I think if it hadn't have been for lockdown I'd have probably just hit burnout and had a, a breakdown <laughs> so lockdown was a great turning point for me mm -hmm. and in the UK we got furloughed so I actually got paid to sit on my backside so I retrained and added some other skills that I'd been wanting to add for a while. I did loads of free sessions to hone those skills and I carried on doing my readings and teaching online. So nothing really changed for me mm -hmm. apart from the fact I was doing it all from home. Um, so post lockdown, I'm still doing the teaching, albeit that's a bit hit and miss at the minute because people don't seem to be wanting to be in a room with loads of other people. Same, same girl, same. Weird. Yeah. So I have cancelled loads this year. But then bizarrely, I'll end up with people going, oh, I really want to do Reiki. And I'll end up scheduling a date where I can teach a load of people Reiki. And it's like, well, what was wrong with the other dates that I had? You know, it's really yeah. weird. Um, and I'm doing my coaching, which is very intuitive and very much based in the mind, body, spirit realms. And I'm doing my readings as well. So I'm happier with the mix that I've got now. Um, and it is still evolving and I haven't quite found what it's finally going to look like, but probably, probably never will. <laughs> possibly not. But yeah. in the next year, I think that I will have found that place that I want to be at. Um, and I just don't want to be out every evening. I have this long standing date with a Merlot or a Cabernet Sauvignon or a South Blanc. Um, and I actually want to see my friend's family. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Because I was saying to you, it is the problem with demonstrating is I love it. But you I've tried doing morning and daytime ones. No bugger turns up. No. Um, and I don't want to do Friday and Saturday and Sunday because that's my family time. Yes. So it and people say to me, but I don't want to come out and see you on a school night. And I go, well, that's fine. Don't. But I'm not going to work a weekend. No. And, and, you know, weekends like you, Saturdays, a lot of teaching. Sunday days can be teaching. The evenings are precious. And, yeah. and few and far between Absolutely. so I get that so tarot talk to me about tarot and why you love tarot and what it means to you and um, 
I have had tarot cards since I was probably in my early 20s. And I'm not in my early 20s anymore, not even in my late 20s anymore. Um, <laughs> and I just didn't get on with them. So there's a deck called the Marseille. And it's like coins, one coin for an ace, two coins, three coins, four coins, but there's bugger all else on the cards. And it's just mm-hmm. like, they don't talk to me. So I had this really basic deck and just couldn't get to grips with it. I bought various other decks and still didn't get to grips with them. And I can't remember how, but somehow I came across a deck of Rider weight cards and I used them and away I went. Mm-hmm. And they talked to me, which is my lingo for they unlocked the door. They made the psychic energy flow. And you might come to me for a reading and I might lay the tarot cards out and I'll hardly look at them. But another time I might need every single tiny ounce of information they can provide me. And that's an energetic thing. So I love the tarot because it's a tool that unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I hate it when people come for a reading and you're like, so what are you needing a reading on? Don't know. So what do you want me to look at? Oh, just do me a general reading. Yeah. You know, you must have had a reason why you booked. Or the classic, well, aren't you supposed to tell me that? Yeah, no. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) So what I used to find was if I got this massive blank canvas, it'd be like, well, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I put the tarot out, I'd be like, oh, it's a work reading. And they'll go, oh, yeah, work's really terrible at the moment. Why the bloody hell didn't you tell me that when you sat down then? Yeah. And I do like a broad stroke because... I say, look, you know, you don't have to tell me your life story because otherwise you're just going to think I'm regurgitating it. Yeah. And that doesn't reflect well on anybody. No. So if you tell me you want me to look at work, I don't know if you're looking for work, wanting to change jobs or don't want to work at all. That doesn't tell me anything. Mm -hmm. Same with romance. If you just say, I want to look at romance. I don't know if you want an affair, you want to get in a relationship, leave a relationship or go and join a nunnery. Or all of the above. Yeah. In one day. (laughs) Yeah. But it gives me somewhere to aim. And so if I didn't have the cards and I don't have that focal point, it's like pulling stones. Mm -hmm. And some people will hold a piece of jewellery. Some people will have a photo. And it's just a tool to unlock the energy. But when I'm doing mediumship, I don't need that. No. It's different. It's a different connection completely. But I sometimes go in at the psychic and then up the vibrations to mediumship and then back down the vibrations to the psychic. So every reading's different and it depends on what the person needs. Absolutely. I also think that it's about the sitter bringing their own energy. I think it's been a real learning for me that it's uh, it's a three-way. <laughs> yeah, like. And it's not just a, not just one-on-one. And actually when you get somebody that has that barrier and that boundary where they go, well, you tell me what it's about, that yeah. they're not actually opening up energetically. So when you're trying to work psychically with them, you're just hitting their resistance anyway. Yeah. So it's not about feeding the medium, like you say, but it is about directing it. So you get what you want. Yeah. Rather than just expecting me to be like a magician and pull a rabbit out of a hat and go, ta-da. Yeah, yeah. And the the other one that really mystifies me, for want of a better word, is when people go, you didn't tell me about my past. I'm like, you lived it. Why do you need me to tell you about it? Surely you want to know about your now and your future more than your past. You can't change it, can you? 
it's funny isn't it and and that's the thing so many people want so many different things and I think lots of people come for readings and don't really know what they want they yeah. just want all the answers <laughs> yeah. and it's it's such an interesting space to sit in it is it is so you um, teach tarot yes yeah oh sorry it's raining I don't know if you can hear that on my roof but here we go yeah. uh, so you teach tarot to students and you do classes all the way through the levels um, yeah, I do in theory, but most people come and do one and I never see them again until I'm on the circuit and they're like, oh, I did tarot with you and off they go and do a load of readings. It's like, oh, great, thanks. Okay, great. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Fascinating. And what about, do you do any work with it? Because I know I met you in a trance group. Do you do any trance now? No, um, if I'm honest, I don't really get trance. I don't Funny understand the point of it. <laughs> because... I can bring your granddad through. I don't need to go into trance to do it. Yeah. And deep trance where Confucius comes through and says something really, I don't know, profound about the world. Most people aren't ready for that anyway. So I'm like, well, kind of like, what's the point? I always get a little fidgety and bored. I have to say when it gets, and I know that's not the dumb thing to say, but honestly, sometimes when it's too wordy, it's a bit like reading Oscar Wilde or something. Yeah. I don't think that I'm intelligent enough to be, a, and you know, they've been going for 25 minutes and there's that guilt because you're like, oh my God, a spirit is talking to me and I'm here having this dialogue going, wish I was at home watching the Kardashians, <laughs> but like, it's just too much. Yeah. It's just too much. So it's a funny thing. I don't do a lot of it. I sort of try and sit in a, a demi trance slash meditative energy for me and my connection just to bring that piece of me, but I'm not doing the speaking very much but do you not but, find when you do a dem like sometimes sorry that's a demonstration sometimes you open your mouth and the next thing you know there's words coming out you didn't even know were there absolutely like, that is a trance it's just yes. it's a lighter trance completely it's like you know when you go to open your mouth to say no to somebody and yes comes out and you're like damn it why did I say yes <laughs> you know? that's what I find my mediumship is like when I'm on a demonstration more so than when I'm in a one-to-one -one. yes and it's kind of like blah 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 and then it's gone and I don't know where it came from and I don't know what I said and it's kind of like don't ask me to give you any more on that because they've gone yeah absolutely and I think for me that's when I know I'm really what I would call cooking on gas is when it's just blah 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 and, blah. and there's not me going well I hope that's right um, and I'd love to be in that space all the time. If I'm absolutely honest, I'm not in that space all the time. It's probably 15% of the time. And the rest of the time is me going, can you understand? I hope this is right. And there's a little bit of me in there too. Oh, I'm glad it's not just me that does that. Oh God. It, it's, oh. it's a nonstop firewalk mediumship, I will say. And faith and trust are so, and it's brutal. It's absolutely, it it's not for the faint of heart. You have to love it. I think, to do it. <laughs> and if you don't love it, if you're a platform medium and you're listening to this and you hate it every time, give yourself a break. Pick yeah. something that's more enjoyable because I do, I do love it, even though it hurts. <laughs> well, I think interestingly, because as I said, in lockdown, I refreshed my NLP, which is no neuro-linguistic programming. Now you know yeah. why they call it NLP. Um, I also picked up a load of coaching skills and it made me realise that actually in my readings, I was already doing lots of coaching. I don't just go, oh, your boyfriend's coming back. It's like, okay, so I think there's some work that you need to do about your limiting beliefs so that you find the most empowering relationship. And if you do this, this, and this you'll get a better experience it's, yeah. it's much more of a growth tool for me than it is 
some of the other readers out there. Absolutely. Um, and on that part of the journey, I realized that I'd got this perfectionist streak, which I had kind of known. <laughs> guilty, <laughs> guilty, yeah. <laughs> but I hadn't realized that it was that that was making my life so hard. And I don't know about you, but I've been on training courses for mediumship and they're like, if you get a no, just move on. I need to prove that I'm right and they're right. <laughs> yeah it's a danger zone isn't it it is it's like no no I can't take a no no this needs to be a yes um and I I learned that if I am not perfect at what I do I will beat myself up I will overthink it I will push myself and create myself more misery than I even needed to absolutely um, and so that's been an interesting eye-opener because now I know that I don't need to do it. And as simple as just doing a, a live on Facebook or Instagram, it's like, oh no, because that means I've got to do my hair, I've got to do my makeup, I've got to look right, I've got to rehearse what I'm saying. And it's like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't. I was doing loads of lives and I've I've stopped because of the energetic toll of it, but also just the the vulnerability of it. it you know, to me, mediumship is the most precious and wonderful thing. And I love it. And I don't need somebody who's not going to actually investigate anything and not really do just coming in and telling me I'm a scammer and abusing me on yeah. social media. I don't need that in my life. No. So it's you're right. You've got to find where you want to be with it and what matters mm. to you and where you want to focus your energy. And that is a choice. Spirit yeah. don't spirit don't tell you you choose it always they sometimes will heavily signpost <laughs> yes <laughs> and they go yes. oi over here yeah <laughs> but again they don't beat you up if it takes you a long time and you you ignore I I know when I was setting up as a reader just like you I was like well I don't think I'm ready to do this and it was so sacred to me and that you know I just know that they were all there face palming going when will she get the message and uh, yeah I think it took me two years so it, it it's hard. It's really hard. I say that all the time about people. They're up there going, oh, for the love of God, when yeah. is she going to get this? Or it's like, hallelujah, she's finally listening. Why did we pick this one? What? <laughs> I, I'm not doing this again. Can we find HR? I need to swap departments. This is painful. I can just, uh, yeah. Imagine. Did spirit guides have karma? <laughs> I certainly think mine do. I think mine must have grown a hell of a lot with me. I don't. I could just imagine mine chain smoking in a like outside the fire exit, and I'm just kicking off inside, and they're all on the outside going, "It's your turn to go in, Bill." <laughs> and they go, "No, I did it last time. I can't." You know, just chaos always. <laughs> oh God. So, talk to me about what you think because the mediumship movement's changing is it spirituality is changing that rapidly I feel at this time lots of mm. people getting on the on board which is fantastic lots of people defrauding people and doing it for the wrong reasons lots of people rising to the top and doing it for the right reasons the whole system seems to be changing what do you feel in your experience is important for people to know at this time okay so I love the fact that we are way more accessible than we've ever been. You know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm coming up 50. Um, and when I was a kid, 
this was all very hush hush and it was yeah. always done in back rooms you'd never go oh yeah I've got a medium coming around for a party booking tonight like got 10 people coming around just didn't happen yeah or oh what did you do the weekend oh I went to a demonstration oh wow how was that you know it's so much more open um I'm definitely seeing more men now than I ever have done as clients not as mm. you know <laughs> Just that is specified. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got like a hundred men on a string. Um, <laughs> whereas when I first started doing this 12 years ago, men would be few and far between. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even 1%. And it's still not high. I would still say it's probably only 5 to 10%, but it's definitely changed. Yeah. Um, I also am seeing the church scene has changed a lot with the internet before lockdown even and because we're so much more accessible the numbers in the churches are falling they've been falling for a long time mm-hmm. but and, and I am generalizing here a lot of the people that run the churches they're geriatrics they don't do social media they just think that if they put a poster up 50 people are going to come um, they don't like charging but yet people will go to you and I and pay 30 quid for a reading, but yeah. then the church can't get five quid out of them. Yeah. You know, so the churches are struggling financially. Um, and I think the whole face of the movement is changing. You've got a lot of really high profile guys, obviously Derek Acora's passed now and Colin Fry, but you've still got Lisa Williams, James Van Prague, um, the Long Island medium. There's a couple of male um, celebrity ones on TV. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a lot going on and it is really making it more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't think has changed enough yet is the the understanding of the spiritual world that we're in. Mm-hmm. so soul contracts karma reincarnation twin flame soulmates all of the stuff that makes up the world that we live in but I do feel the two worlds are going to collide because I'm into a lot of the scientific people like Bruce Lipton who's into epigenetics um Joe Dispenza um Deepak Chopra and they're kind of all into quantum physics and quantum healing mm-hmm. And then over this way, you've got the the spiritual and the woo-woo, but the two are colliding together. They're on a collision course. Mm -hmm. And eventually they're going to end up mashed together. And I really can't wait for that day when it's all in one place. So I think social media has been a really massive tool in spreading the word, in changing the face of things and allowing people to see more. Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested to see where that goes. Absolutely. And what's what one thing, if you could get a message out to the general public about mediumship, spirituality, your work, what would you want to share? Okay. It's nothing special. Okay. People go, oh, it's a gift. No, it's not a gift. We all have it. That's like saying you're good at maths. You may not want to do it. So not everyone's going to be a policeman or a fireman or whatever, and not everyone's going to be a medium, but we are spiritual beings having a human existence. If you apply yourself, you can do mediumship. Mm -hmm. As a very minimum, we all need to be in touch with our intuitive side and work on a daily basis to be intuitive and not go to people like you and I for a reading. 
you need to go to yourself and once we all do that the world will be a better place for sure because there's no fear when you learn to go in doesn't matter what is happening in your existence when you go in and connect to your real self there's no fear there there's no doubt there and half the actions that we're seeing happening in the world come from fear and greed there's none of that absolutely so a a lot of the stuff that dr joe dispenser's doing is about getting everyone into that really high vibration which is when we find our intuitive self it's where we heal literally heal Mm -hmm. ourselves and discover who we truly are so a lot of my work now is moving towards doing that kind of stuff because I want people to know they can do this for themselves I want people to heal themselves and not get sick and die long before they should Mm -hmm. so it's it's really about people understanding that if they if they do it life would be far better love it love it so sometimes I ask people for recommendations have you got a book uh that you would recommend that people read one that's changed your path oh god I know so many I am such a bookworm um I would say definitely Robert Schwartz he has books where they go into your soul plan meeting and the mediums look at what you signed up to and why so that you can understand the path that you've chosen in life and he's got two books and I'm adopted so I really thought I'd get tons out of the chapter on adoption and I didn't I got the most out of the one on pets and I sobbed for hours because I realized I'd left home and abandoned my soulmate who was my pusscat patch (laughs) and I didn't even bother looking back and I'm like oh my god my poor cat he must have been traumatized and he must have hated me because I walked out of his life oh so it was a real revelation definitely definitely the most amazing book I've ever read and it knocked spots off the Celestine Prophecies which was my go-to book I'm gonna look it up it's it's called Your Soul's Gift ah amazing I'll add it to the pile of 30 books that I have not read yet (laughs) okay I've got a pile of about six to read at the moment oh that's lovely I'll get I'll get when I'm taking some time for me I'll read all of these and I'll become ascended and I'll know all this information doesn't happen but you know there might be a time when it does Just read a chapter just one chapter <laughs> and it'll get me in yeah. good good excellent and so tell us where people can find you if they would okay. like to book a reading or learn more about your coaching or your nlp or all your stuff okay cool i'm pretty much everywhere um you'll find me on most platforms as tracy fans psychic coach and that's F-A-N-C-E. Um, you'll find my website, tracyfance.com. And if you Google Tracy Fance, it will come up with everything. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I will obviously put a link to your website in the show notes for anybody who's super lazy. Okay. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I've loved it. That's okay. I've enjoyed it too. It's been great. It's always good to talk to someone that's not on this pedestal about, oh my God, mediumship is like for the few. And it's just like, it's something really holy and special. It's like, yeah, right. (laughs) I know it drives. That's why I started the podcast, funny enough, because of that kind of misinformation that some certain people are special and others aren't. And I think, um, viva la revolution. (laughs) It's like, we're in the club and you're not allowed in. Yeah, but you can come and pay me and I'll tell you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. That's okay. Pleasure. Great to catch up.